0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. All right, let's uh, find our places in uh, 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3, if you'll look there tonight. While you're turning there, just um, <clears throat> just a word about Thursday evenings. I wanted to announce this last Wednesday night, and I had looked at the weather report and it was supposed to be raining from about four o'clock on through the rest of the evening, and as it was, it held off till about eight o'clock that night. But I wanted to announce that we're going to be starting back up our family outreach on Thursday evenings we would uh, not only would we love to have you to be a part of that i we as a congregation, to do our part as a, as a church body of believers would uh, need a, a good crowd of our folks there. And uh, to be a body that reaches out, the body needs to be there. So I'd like to challenge you tomorrow night at 6 30. Everybody that can be here tomorrow night, would be a tremendous blessing. And it's just been a while since we've hit the apartments up here to the north of us. And uh, I think it would be a great opportunity to see how many of those apartments... God's put right in our, literally in our back door um, to, to see how many of those folks we can get uh, a gospel, uh, some kind of a tract, maybe a possible witness to some of those folks. We'd love to have you to be a part of that. So some of you are like, uh, I've never done that before. What would it involve? And um, it depends on uh, where you're at as far as your maturity in the Lord. Um, some folks would love if they get the opportunity to be able to try to work their way on into the gospel. I think that'd be wonderful if the, if the Lord opened those doors. Uh, lots of folks just introduce themselves and sometimes they bring their family, introduce their family, say we're from the Eastside Baptist Church just over the hill um, where your trash blows all the time when the wind blows. Don't, don't say that part. But we're, uh, we're from just down the hill there and we'd love to have you uh, just slip down next Sunday and visit with us. It'd be an easy thing to do and then go on to the next door. So we'd love to have you. Tomorrow night, 6.30, let's get as many folks here as we can if we're going to work together as a body of believers. Amen? So we're in chapter 3 here, and we'll get started here in just a minute. But being it's Wednesday night, I sure love to see a smile on your face every now and then. So I got this book from somebody with some really hard questions in it, and I want to see how good you can do at answering these. Are you Ready? I know it's Wednesday night. You look a little tired, but you're going to put your thinking caps on. Here we go. Who introduced the first walking stick? Eve, when she presented Adam with a little cane. You should have had that. It's just like that. Yeah, Ryan. Thank you, buddy. So where, uh, where is medicine first mentioned in the Bible? Moses was given two tablets. Okay. Cross that one off. Um, This is a hard one. You have to think through a little bit. Where did Noah strike the first nail in the ark? On the head. Okay, let's see. Let's get to the better ones down here. See, what man in the Bible spoke when he was a very small baby? Job, because he cursed the day he was born. Come on, guys. Here's one you all will know. What man in the Bible had no parents? There we go. You guys should have known that. Joshua, the son of none. All right, ding, ding, ding. Ryan, you get double points tonight. Okay, new page next week. Uh That's a little rough. So. Ever been in a church? When you walked in the doors, something seemed off. You were the visitor. Hey, by the way, visitors from Pensacola tonight. Christian and his wife. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Good to have you guys with us. Uh, whatever, you, have you ever uh, walked in and you were visiting a church, and you you something's not right here? You could just feel it, and um, you know people were there. They actually sat in pews and the pastor preached, um, but something wasn't right. There was something in the s- a spirit of the church. After the church was over, people just kind of seemed to migrate this way, and some went that way. They're just in groups around the church. And there was a problem because there was very little of the whole church mingling and trying to get around to each other. They rarely broke off from their group to get to another one. There's a a real problem with that. I've said this many times. I understand ministry people sometimes kind of tend to, uh, like people in music tend to bunch together because they're working on a song or they're visiting and they get to know each other a little better or the ladies laboring in the nursery, um... You know, get to know each other a little better than others and so forth. And I I get that. Um, But something's wrong, guys, when a church, which is called the body of Christ, gets factionalized and develops cancers, which causes a congregation to divide up. There's a a name you give to a guy uh, on the basketball team who loves to, while everybody else is down court, defending and so forth, runs to the other end of the court before everybody else on his team, always waiting for everybody to throw him the ball. Does anybody know what we call that guy? What's he called? Ball hog, I've heard that. I've heard a cherry picker um, and and other things like that. In other words, he wants it to be all about him. He wants his name to be known. doesn't want to be a team player Uh, He wants to set himself off as uh, you know the guy of the team that everybody looks up to, but please listen to me tonight, guys. God condemns that in a church. God's not looking for factions of people that can break off in a body of believers and say, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm." They don't say these words, and if you even said it to them, they would disagree that that's what's taking place. But what goes on is, I'm a part of this group. And, you know, I I don't really associate with this group because I this, and you've got a reason that you give for that. You divided yourself off from the church is not the plan of God. God condemns it in Scripture. Eastside Baptist Church will be its strongest when the members of this church recognize ourselves as one body and that we are working together. We have one head. His name is Jesus Christ. He gives us the guidelines in the Word of God, and we come together to get a job done. And I, that's why I said, like, on Thursday nights, it's going to take all of us guys to get the job done. Oh, there's that group that does visitation, you know, and we just, we got, you know, things we do on Thursday nights. Hey, by the way, if there's something that providentially keeps you from coming on Thursday nights, please understand, we'll give you some uh, streets and places to go and, and uh some information to be able to hand out on days that works for you. But we got to do this together. We cannot factionalize and expect that the job's going to get done. Look with me in chapter 3. We're going to read down through the first 11 verses here and try to walk through this a little bit and see what we think the Lord is saying to us tonight. Verse 1 says, And I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, worldly, even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are, uh, are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envyings, and here's some of the, the symptoms that shows that uh, they're babes, and strife and divisions. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while, while one saith, I'm of Paul... And another, I'm of Apollos. Are you not carnal when you guys are doing that? Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but guys, you need to know this. He says, God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth. But God that giveth the increase, now he that planteth and he that watereth, whoa, look at this wording, are one. That's what God's looking for in a church, is unity. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Notice the wording he's using there. Together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation, and another man buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I'm going to pause there where we'll stop for tonight. Let me have a word of prayer, and we'll get into this. God, again, I'm thankful to be here this evening, and I pray, please may the hand of God Please, Father, be upon us tonight, and I'm asking again, may the Holy Spirit work throughout this congregation, and I'm begging that you will draw that strong bond around us with Jesus Christ in the center, us working together with God's hand upon us tonight. I ask that in Jesus' name, with thanksgiving, amen. Anybody ever played the game Surprise Bag Relay? Serious? Serious? Seriously? Yeah, one. Yeah, wow. Uh, surprise bag relay. Now you may have played it and not real, maybe you guys called it something different. Um, well, here's what it is. Um, it was a, it was, we had the youth department like a uh, hundred years ago, me and my wife did. Um, and so what you did was uh, you divided everybody up into two teams, and one team was down on that end, and another team's down on this end and uh, on this end we had a bag of a bunch of all kinds of food inside, and that end had a bag with a bunch of kind of food inside, and the, the goal was that when you said go, the first person in each line ran to the opposite person's bag, reached down inside without looking, and pulled out whatever they had. They had to eat the whole thing, and once the whole thing was gone, then they got in the back of the line, and the goal was to get the kids through the line. Now, how many's ever played that game with a different name to it? Yeah, probably, yeah. So all of us never forget. Does anybody here remember the name Tony Cruz? Yeah, well, a couple of us, only a few of us. Uh, Tony, (laughs) he's like seventh grade, and you know how kids, teenagers, want to be kind of macho looking, and so he goes running down there. He's going to, he grabs the first thing, and he pulls it out, and it's strained peas, baby food. Now that stuff looks like ground up liver and it tastes like it too. He popped that lid off and we gave him a spoon. He put the first bite in he swallows it. He put the second bite in and he's doing that. You got to get it all down, Tony. Don't you leave one thing left? Oh, I really eat this stuff when I was a kid and he's, Oh, we're just having, we got the picture somewhere. Uh, till he got the very last drop of uh, strained peas uh, finally down. I mean, maybe when we were kids we would have liked that stuff, but I don't like that stuff now. Somebody give me a big, thick half-pound burger with cheese on the top, amen? But I, I'm not wanting. I don't want the baby food. Unfortunately, that's what this church was having to be fed, not the strained peas. But it was baby's food because they couldn't handle the meat of the word, because they had so degenerated. It wasn't that they hadn't grown. They had grown and had degenerated, and now are babes in Christ once again needing to be fed the milk and not the meat that could strengthen a congregation, bind them together like they ought to have been done. So I want to talk about, first of all, this carnal church. Drop back down in verse 1 again, if you will. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual... Uh, But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, sometime in the past, neither yet now are ye able, even in your present condition, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you this envying and strife and divisions, um, are ye not carnal and walk as men, men on earth? carnal, worldly men. That's what he means. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? And he says, guys, you're st- you, you are back in the nursery of church growth. Uh, your church is so young, it's more in the toddler stage. I was, I was watching um, uh, the Vistas come in, and their little one, Gemma, do I have her name right? I mean, just last week, she was having to be carried into the church because <laughs> she couldn't walk wasn't just last week it seems like and there she was running with the rest of her older brother and sister running up to the church and I thought why but she was toddling in and it was so cute when she's you know this tall but the problem with an adult church a body of believers like this that are supposed to be maturing in the Lord I mean how long have you been in in this church even guys Um, the problem with that when we watch grown adults toddling around and acting like little kids is that we can get very little done for the lord more needs to be done for us than can get done without and so more time has to be given to the babies in the nursery you spend more time on them but with us on out here the adults uh, you know we're supposed to be able to reach out we're the ones doing the work for others while everybody else does things for them and what god is saying you guys ought to be the ones out there doing the work, but we're having to come back to you with the bottle and feed you all over again. That's not a good thing. God, help us as a congregation. Please, God, help us not to regress backwards to that point. In the last chapter, chapter 2, we described a man that was described as and called the natural man. Um, there in verse Fourteen, it was, um, and that was being a man that's still lost. A natural man is somebody still in his natural state, the way he was born uh, in nature, so to speak, as a babe, uh, and not really coming to a knowledge of Christ. He's called the natural man and not supernaturally touched. But in our chapter here tonight, God describes another person's spiritual condition, and that is um, a carnal Christian, The natural man's not saved, but you've got a carnal Christian. He is saved and has Christ in his heart, but he's still living like the world and doesn't want to let go of it. He likes the way things are in the world. So he's a carnal Christian. A carnal Christian is one, again, he's been saved, but he's gone backwards in his spiritual growth. Doesn't want to move ahead. Bible reading's boring to him. Church is a put up with thing that they do. Can't wait to get out of church. And, and on and on we can go with those kind of thoughts. There's a lot of newborn Christians who are spiritually immature, but they're not necessarily carnal. They've only been saved for X number of maybe weeks or months. You understand how someone like that is not spiritually mature, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are carnal. Paul tells this Corinthian church that they, that's been saved for some period of time and should be far beyond where they are in their growth that he had to talk baby talk to them. I love seeing bearded men pick up a little tiny baby and to hear them go from this rough and gruff talk to this little baby talk with these little babies. You know how babies learn to talk baby talk? From adults. (laughs) We're the one that teach them that. How you doing? Goochie, goochie, goo? And that's how they learn how to talk. I mean, if we talk to them like adults, you know, maybe a big difference. Paul says, I got to talk to you like babies. I got to bring it down to a level that little babies can understand. There's a difference, listen to this statement. there's There's a difference in being childish and childlike. Think about that for just a minute. Childish is not a good thing for an adult, but childlike is very attractive to God because I'm his child. And I act like one of his children, and I identify myself as somebody that's in relation to him. But childishness is somebody that's selfish and drawn in, wants everybody to do things for them. That's, that church is not going to go anywhere until they learn to mature and to grow more in, in Christ. And he also references another Christian in this verse. Then he calls them spiritual. All right? Look in verse 1 again. I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So now we're talking about somebody that is spiritual. Well, what does that word spiritual mean? Aren't all Christians spiritual? I can point you to some Christians that are not spiritual. And if you uh, had to watch them throughout the day, and they're backslidden condition, you'd swear. If you never knew them before, you'd swear they're lost and don't know the Lord at all. They're not spiritual. But you take that word spiritual, it's the same word Paul uses over in Galatians chapter 6. When somebody falls and they backslide and they're in a condition that they need somebody to come up alongside of them and help pick them back up, here's what Paul says about someone like that. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, they've fallen spiritually. Ye which are spiritual, the Bible says, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. It would take somebody that's walking with God, has a relationship with the Lord. They're not perfect and and won't be till heaven outside of your standing with God. We understand that. But every time they make a mistake, they realize it, they seek God's forgiveness, and they get right back into that relationship with God and move on and their walk and talk with the Lord. The Bible is a regular part of their life. They know they need to be in fellowship with God. They can't stand it when they've gone several days without talking to God in a, in a prayer life. Give me a man like that, though he may stumble and fall around a little bit, uh, but s- tries genuinely to have a walk with God. Give me that man many times over the person that just sits, their arms are crossed, the Bible never opens except on Sundays and maybe Wednesdays. And their talk is sometimes when they go uh, to a mealtime, man. And so God begins to describe a spiritual person. This is the Christian whose spiritual growth measures up to the length of time he's been saved. I mean, we got some 30, 40, 50-year-old Christians in some cases that act uh, much less than the age they ought to be i mean what a sad account of a church that could have been given food that would have made the body so much stronger the church here at corinth but they're still eating strained carrots strained peas and strained whatever you want to call it i don't want to live on that stuff anything but the meat that fortifies a strong body for christ we don't want to be that way hey we don't want to be that kind of a church. We, we don't want to be the kind of people that the Holy Spirit taps on your heart through the services and you just kind of turn it off. He be- begins to show you something about you that needs to change. And every week you walk out of the church doors unwilling to let the Spirit of God make those changes in your heart. That's called carnality. Do you understand that? That's, that's somebody that says, I don't want to grow beyond where I'm at. I'm satisfied with the diaper. I'm, I mean with... Uh, the place I'm at in my Christian life. They just want to go on. God help us not to be that way. Paul even shows them how they've been acting like children. Look in verses 3 and 4 again. Verse 3 says, For ye are yet carnal. Oh, yeah. Well, whoa, whoa. what are you seeing? For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal? And walk as men. When he says that, he doesn't mean like mankind. He means like carnal people on earth. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Man, have mercy on us. That's mine. <laughs> this is my position. What's well, the big idea? You trying to root your way into my stuff and the things that I want. I remember I've told the story of Natalie two-and-a-half, maybe three, maybe four, at our house one Christmas. And she was trying to take a toy away from uh, Reagan, who was a a year-and-a-half younger than her. And she was, you know, everybody's in the—we've opened gifts, and we're all sitting around talking, having a great time. And I kind of zeroed in on this little scene going on here. And Natalie um, is just some of the noise in the living room. And I noticed Natalie trying to tug and get this doggy toy away from little Reagan— who was hanging on for dear life, being has been jerked around like this. And um, uh, she kept saying to little Reagan, that's mine's wagon. Uh, this is mine's wagon. And um, Joe finally, the dad finally caught on they were ar- that they were arguing a little bit, and he hollered across the room, now, now, Natalie, that's, that's not your toy to play with. So she turns around so Joe cannot hear her, and I heard her say under her breath, Oh, yes, it is. (laughs) Yep. You know how many Christians do that in the house of God? Word of God is preached. You read it in your Bible for your devotions. You know what God has said, and yet we refuse to give up ground. This is mine. It belongs to me. Why did you get into my place why are you getting to MySpace? Why are you, whatever it might be, guys, we're Christians. We're different from the world, amen. When I got saved, something changed inside. I'll say amen to that. I mean, we got a brand new spirit. We're not like the man out there that walks around who doesn't know God as Savior. And, and, uh, and he's telling them, for are you not carnal? When I can look in your congregation, I peek in the back doors and I watch that church and I see how you guys are acting. This is carnality, he says. Too many Christians become childish instead of childlike and becoming, beginning to look like uh, their Savior. We're not supposed to be what Ephesians says, children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. God wants us to grow up in the Lord. Be strong in Christ. Don't be satisfied with where you are tonight in your level of spiritual growth. You may be assessing yourself tonight saying, you know what, I I think I'm pretty, pretty strong in the Lord. You may not have said those words, but in your heart you might kind of, you know, you kind of may have that attitude inside. I feel like I'm doing pretty good with where I'm at. But can I ask you a question? How long has it been since you've taken any steps of growth from where you are that's why Peter tells us but grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Um, again give me a young Christian who just maybe six months a year or two saved and makes lots of mistakes in church um, still uh, still acts a whole lot like the world and still looks a whole lot like the world and maybe every now and then a wrong word slips out of their mouth but you can see the anguish in their heart when uh, on their face when something happens like that. And they keep trying, and they stumble, and they're here, and they want to learn so much. But, you know, they're, they're a little difficult to work with. But they're growing. Man, give us a church full of people like that rather than... Uh, how long have I been saved? Nine years old, and I'm 60 years old. Yeah, 50-some years I've been saved. Rather than the person that's been saved for 50 years and has been at the same level for 50-some years man, I really believe God is more um, pleased with a fumbling, stumbling, toddling, yet growing Christian than somebody that sat back and crossed their arms just waiting on the trumpet to sound to take me out of this old world. Yeah, God help us not to be that way. So, one more time, God help us to be childlike as mature Christians and not childish child likeness realizes we have a heavenly Father that we are to be submissive to, but at the same time grows into a mature functioning Christian. Um, I have a whole lot more a whole lot more to cover, and i i 'm not going to try to cram it in to tonight i 'm going to hold off we 're going to talk next week about the corrected church, and Paul gets into now correcting the issues that he 's had to take on. Uh, you know this magnifying glass and say, guys, come here, come here. L- let me show you what I'm seeing in the church. And there's you sitting in the pew, and, and there's there's this group over here, and there's uh, these different factions of people that would not work one with another if they had to, and if they did, the whole time they're gritting their teeth. Man, that is not a body of Christ. That again is a factionalized body that is not working together, and they're stagnant, and they're never going anywhere until they all pause and look up and realize there's a mighty God who sent his son to die for me and I owe him everything and I join hands with the others around me and try to get a work done for the Lord. God help us as Eastside Baptist be a kind of believers that would join hands and work together for the cause of Christ. And again, I'm going to challenge you. Tomorrow night, It'd be neat to have a uh, a good section of this body as a part of our visitation efforts it's what god commands the body to do to go out into the world and work together to try to bring some folks in uh, for the work of christ amen tomorrow night at 6 30 now we're going to go to the lord in prayer could you look up here and listen for a minute right before we go to the lord in prayer i want to just say would you just do a little examination of i mean i'm speaking to myself do an examination of your heart tonight Would you honestly answer the question, have I been where I'm at in my growth for a long, long time? It's been a long time since I can look back and remember God nudging me and me yielding and letting God take me on up to a new level, a place where I've never been before, a place that requires more faith than I've ever been required to step out on before, I'm unsure about that new place because I've never been there before, but that's what faith is all about. Would you just ask God to open your heart, maybe your eyes to see what he sees, and just ask God to help us to to move on up in that next step of growth. It'd be an encouragement to you. I think it'd be exciting for us to be able to see those things changing and working in, in our own individual lives and then as a body of believers, okay?